Hey, Gabriel Blake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? We are still in our respective apartments, but San Francisco enters the yellow tier tomorrow. So Eagle SF, if you don't open, fuck you. If you don't open, we're going to fucking hunt you down. Instead, I'm going to become a no Lone Star That's it. I'm already a Lone Star member, and I will give all my money. I will just throw all my money to, if you are there, Troy, Blake misses you, I will throw all my money at Troy, at his face. It's like just like with singles. Like just, like, just take the money, bitch. Just take the money. You deserve it. <laughs> Make it rain. Make it but rain. there is something different about today's podcast. What is it, yes. Jose? Yeah, today we actually have a special Gabriel, honorary Gabriel, like joining us. We have Brian from A Piece of Pie, a queer cinema podcast, that he's like joining us today. So, Brian, do you want to introduce yourself, like doing like a five-second <laughs> introduction? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm Brian. I host, I was a creator, host, and producer of A Piece of Pie, the queer film podcast. Um, if you like movie podcasts and you like gay people talking about it, I've got the podcast for you. <laughs> what I like about Brian's podcast is that they, it, you take two films, right? And you watch both of them and then you compare them and contrast them. And I think that's kind of unique in the podcast space. Yeah, it was sort of this idea of, of it literally started. So when we started the podcast, uh, the, a, a piece of pie is uh, the sort of title, like subtitle of the queer film podcast. Um, it came from a Twent Tarantino movie. Um, and so literally like when we were talking about that, what movie are we going to cover for our first one? We should talk about True Romance because that's the movie that it came from. And then my then co-host Kyle was like, well, we should talk about, if we're talking about true romance, we should talk about this other film. Uh, and that was Badlands, which Badlands, I'm sorry, which true romance is very much a riff on Badlands. Um, and so we decided to do those two films together. And from that, we realized pairing two films, you can, you can open a discussion and talk about parallels that maybe you didn't know were there. So just one more plug for your podcast. My favorite episode is Interview with a Vampire and Only Lovers Left Alive. Only Jose understands how much I love Only Lovers Left Alive and like eight-year-old Kristen Dunst winning an Oscar. So anyway, <laughs> welcome welcome to the podcast. We're happy. Thank you so much. Uh, she did not win an Oscar though. Was she nominated or am I confusing Anna Paquin? You're, I think you're, you're thinking Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin. Kristen Dunst yep. are the, the same. Piano. <laughs> yep. The piano, she was like the youngest ever winner of an Oscar for a secondary actress. And then she went to do True Blood, and that's why she remembers it right now. Or Raw in the X-Men. But yeah, that's a different kind of a story that we can just leave for another another day. But today, uh, what did we watch, Blake? We watched the 2017, right? gay classic? I wouldn't even say this is a gay classic. I think this is a solid entry into film from the last 10-15 years called God's Own Country that happens to uh, be a romantic drama about two gay men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this actually was my pick, so I should actually just say why did I pick it? So this has been a bit for a very long time, I think, in our in our back burner, we mentioned like several times we both like it the first time that we watch it. Of course, I got to watch it a second time as a son, not a native English speaker. For me, it was like just basically watching The Wire and watching this is the same kind of result. It's like I don't know what is happening. I know that they are not selling drugs to the ships, but I know that I have no idea about what you're talking about. Uh, so I had to watch it like several times with subtitles until I felt that, oh yeah, it was not only because of the dicks on the screen, I liked this movie overall. Uh, and talking with you, you also felt like that this is not a regular movie. And this actually brings like a super interesting point that you brought up like years ago, that it still haunts me. That is like, we as gay people, should we like all gay cinema just because it's representation? Or can we have criteria? about it and just say that is that we are not going to watch everything that you put out there so it's like yeah everyone loves broke up a mountain everyone loves weekend but this was a movie that we genuinely agree that is that this is a good movie it's not about like it's gay so it's good i would say and we'll get into the conversation this is a good movie at any film festival not just at the lgbt film festival and cast around san francisco 
That's completely fair. Uh, so as this was my pick, is your curse and blessing to actually just say what this movie is about? Right. So I'm going to do an extra brief synopsis since we have three people wanting to talk about this today. Um, this takes place on a farm in Yorkshire, which is, forgive my European ignorance, in Northern Ireland, Southern Ireland? No, it's in England. Regular in England. Okay. It's just in regular England. Sorry, but it's a it's, about it's it. a very rural. Um, Johnny is. We don't know if he's closeted because he's he's having sex. He's he's at least having hookups with guys, um, but he is clearly expected to take over his father's farm, and he's really really struggling with this idea, um, and he's acting out against kind of this expectation about what he does with his future life by uh, binge drinking, by um, basically vomiting all over his father's house, which his grandmother cleans up, um, having sex with men where he refuses to treat his sex partner as a human. So there's no kissing, there's no eye contact. It's very just like kind of an animal function um, until one day his brother, or sorry, his father brings to the farm Jorge, how do you say his name? I, I've completely Jorge? Yeah. Anyway, a Romanian, I believe, immigrant who came to work on the farm. Um, and the two work together, and there's nothing like glamorous about their romance. They're just two country boys falling in love on a farm. The first sex scene is a little bit... Uh, it starts out as a fight and turns into oral sex. The second sex scene, we kind of see uh, Johnny... Finally learning that sex doesn't have to be aggressive um, and kind of learning to love. He kisses uh, Georgie. That's how I'm going to say his name from now on. Um, and Johnny is so enthusiastic that he invites this guy to move into the farmhouse instead of living in uh, a caravan, which you would call in UK, but um, a, a trailer, a fifth wheel is what you would call it here. Um, and he gets so upset at the rejection that he does another episode of binge drinking and he has sex with somebody else. And Jorge gets super pissed off and leaves and moves to Scotland. And in the meantime, Johnny's father has a stroke and Johnny realizes that he either has to abandon this farm or he has to take it on with full responsibility. And he has this very touching conversation with his father where he says, I will take over the farm but it needs to be on my own terms. The father approves. He goes to Scotland. He wins He wins his men back and they come back to take care of the farm. So that was a, a very light synopsis, but I think with three of us, there's going to be a lot to say about this. Did I, did I leave anything out, Brian, Jose? No, I would say that the only thing that uh, I had like, partially forgotten is that I was thinking that it's okay, this is not about like a self-hating story about like, I'm gay, so I have to hate myself. So that's the reason why I can only have like just like random hookups in the bathroom with this hot guy. Is I know I think there is a bit more about like the curse that sometimes you have to take because of your family or because of everything or the conditions that are outside of you. So there is like this important scene that he meets up with this former girlfriend, not from a romantic perspective, a bit more of a friend that is a girl that he says that, hey, I actually went to college and you actually stayed here and I brought this friend of mine that he's pretty fun. It reminds me of you, wink, wink. You know, and it actually just says that, that you were like just trapped in this old village where you grew up. And it's that like you cannot move on with your life. You became what your parents are. And we can see that it's actually the hate that he has is not really from his, you know, like his sexual, you know, like uh, orientation. It's a bit more about what life, what the cars that life has given for him. Yeah, that was one of the things that struck me about the movie was that, uh, how I don't think the movie starts he's I think I do think he's closeted when the movie starts out but over the course of the film his father and his grandmother figure it out on their own uh he sees them together and she finds the condom um and they're not really they don't ever really talk about it and it's very to me it read re, you could either read as and I think it's actually would be accurate to read it as they're just not going to talk about it because they don't they're not comfortable talking about it and they don't know what to talk about but also there's that sense of like it doesn't bother them that's there's no gay panic there's no like i'm going to kick you out of my house i can't believe you're doing this 
Um, I grew up in a very rural rural area of uh, the middle of nowhere, Illinois. Um, and there are people who live those lives now where they're living at home, taking care of people and just having casual sex on the side. Uh, it happens all over the, I think, it, I mean, it happens, I've, I've known it to happen in my hometown. Of course it happens in England as well. So I, I'll also add here that I grew up in a very rural town in Idaho. So I think you and I probably had a similar experience growing up gay in America. Possibly, um, yeah. And you'll learn if you come back onto this podcast that I don't have my own opinions. I have the opinions that I read in the New York Times movie <laughs> review, especially if it's a review by Manola Dargis. Um, and I've seen the film, I think, four times is what we said before recording. Jose's seen it at least a couple. I don't know how many times you've seen it. But I loved reading these words that this this isn't a film about a man struggling with his sexual identity. Yep. And you're right. When I said he was closeted, probably he wasn't based on the film. I think he just had a, a lot of self-loathing. But not necessarily because he was gay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that this... Sorry, sorry, sorry for interrupting you, but it's like, that's the thing that I love about this movie, is that if someone tells me that there is going to be a LGBT movie like set up in rural England, is that my reaction is going to be like, oh my God, another movie about like rural homophobia, about being gay. And it's like, we don't know if he's out at the beginning or not, but it's like everyone don't care about it. The only kind of racist or, you know, like homophobic attack that we see is to Georgie because he's Romanian. That's the only thing, the only intransigent thing, because even like with the conversation with her, with her childhood friend, girlfriend, is that it's about like when he says that he's fun as he used to be, there is a bit of implications that this woman is a beer. It's a professional fucking beer. Is that he he's lies? He's having a problem with you know being who he is. I, I don't even think that he has a problem of being who he is. I think that it's a bit more of resentment about life in general. You know, not about like just for being gay. I think that it's a bit more about like, I fucking hate everything. It's a bit more of the angsty years that he has, but he has tended it because he cannot have like the life that he thought that he could have about like just going to college and develop into being his own person. I, I don't disagree with you, but the, the film is written and directed by a, name, a man named Francis Lee, who yeah. grew up in rural England on a farm and he had to face a in Yorkshire. Yep. Yorkshire, yeah. He had to face a choice between like staying on his dad's farm or going to drama school. Correct. So we have to understand that this script is him working through whatever things. And I don't think he was wrestling with being gay. I think he was wrestling with the expectation yeah. that he was going to take on his father's lifestyle that he didn't want at all. Exactly. Yeah. And these guys that didn't have like the chance for us of leaving all of that behind. And I think that is like what is so impressive. That it's not about like being gay. It's about like your curse from the day that you were born. Your fact is that you cannot choose what you want to do. We don't care about that. But but what do you think? Like we we spoke about that Spanish director who was like trying to atone for the things his character he forced his characters to do. So he finally created this film. Tell me the name because I don't remember. Uh, Julio Meden. Are you talking about like Sex and Lucia? Yes. Yeah. But. So if you take this, this is the reverse, right? Like he he got out, he pursued his life's Indeed. dream, and now he's making he's making films that are very very good. But the script he wrote, he never left the family farm. Why? But he got the guy. I think that he was like just trying to say that is like maybe I could have turned happy if I had gone with this other part of my life. The odds were low, but well, not only that, but like having him go back to the farm and get Georgie is an ending where it's like, and that was the other thing about that I noticed about the movie was that he never gave the character. He was very upset about like, he's like, there's, he says it. He's like, there's nothing to do here when his parents are yelling at him for drinking. And, and he's very like, he just goes through the motions and like does the thing on the farm, but he's very, uh, he's very unhappy there. So I feel like, um, I had a point and I kind of oh, lost let me, it. I apologize. Let me step in while you may remember what you're saying. So I, you're completely right. And I, 
My husband and I often talk about moving somewhere, whether it's like Alaska, Singapore, New York, El Salvador. <laughs> and we always say like, you know, where would we really like to live? And the answer is we would be happy anywhere because we had each other. And I think this kid was unhappy and he saw this life as inheriting his dad's farm. He saw it as this awful burden that he didn't want. But then when the right guy came along and they connected so well, he realized that it wasn't the farm that he was unhappy with. He was unhappy being alone. And this guy made the farm, it turned the farm into this completely different thing that he was willing to be there and be happy with him. Jose, don't make that face. I mean, I'm sorry, because he, there is actually on the action scene where he fucks that guy on the restroom. Is that the guy is actually approaching him about like, hey, do you want to meet up or talk? I, I don't. I don't want to have any kind of human connection because I hate everything so much that I don't want to make the effort. But I can completely like empathize with that. Like that that kid wasn't the right guy. But when he met Georgie, he everything changed. Everything. He's no, like, oh, no, not unhappy. no. Johnny still actually tries to use the same kind of. I just want to fuck you. I want to fight you and fuck you because I don't see you as a human being. He actually calls him gypsy after meeting him. He still doesn't respect anyone because he's still like the classic teenager that is going to be like just blaming all of the bad stuff that happens to him to someone else. And he's like, Georgie, the difference is like, instead of doing that, I'm not going to be letting you away with that. If you want to actually just get intimate with me, you have to treat me as a human being. Yeah, but I see it as a an extremely dysfunctional person. And we've yeah. established he's not dysfunctional because he's gay, but the right person, like his match came along and was like, look, you're super fucked up and you don't have to be. Look, this is how things can be. Are you talking about Terry Hebrai? I was I give that relationship less than five years. <laughs> the relationship in the film? Yeah. Like oh. after it's over. No, I see no way. There's no way that's sustainable because he's going to keep fucking people that he meets in a bathroom and other dudes not going to like be down for it. Who's going to be in Yorkshire? Let's be frank. <laughs> let's, let's be completely honest. He's like, no one's going to be there. <laughs> exactly. So but then maybe know. maybe he'll just be like, I'm just going to stay here because there's no one else. <laughs> there's no other gay people. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that he regardless i think we all disagree a little bit but we agree on a lot he only agreed to stay on the farm when his dad had a debilitating stroke so like he i feel like we're supposed to feel like he made a choice and like in like choosing to stay there but it's almost like he was pressured into this and he pulled in georgie as like well if i have to stay here will you stay with me and make it less awful because we can have sex I will say that as someone who I don't want to like get too personal, but I can see how a life-threatening event like that might give you a new, more profound appreciation of your parents. Agreed. And also a new found like urge to commit to something, yep. to try and yeah. create something. Yep. So, so like when you said that you didn't see the relationship lasting i was like fuck you dude they're, they're <laughs> sorry but i mean no, like... no i think you're right like i think he committed to the he committed to georgie i think they have a nice no yeah, I, I think it'll if they can if they can agree to be open then they've they'll have a long happy life <laughs> but if if george is going to keep getting upset every time he hooks up in a bathroom it's not gonna but open with what with goats and cow and cows, honestly, it's like I'm sorry, but it's like we're not talking about like San Francisco or Chicago. We're talking about like in the middle of fucking nowhere. Is like from my perspective, I think that is like it's true that they are no like twin souls or anything split at birth, but still John realizes that this is the guy that made him look at sex as a way of connecting with someone when he used to see it like just a primal function. So I don't know if it would last five years, ten, but at least he made him grounded in making a better human being exactly and i think no matter what happens and brian you really destroyed my idea of their future because now they're broken up in my head oh but I'm sorry if that happens that's okay because what jose said is you can see that georgie is making him a better person and helping him like 
like move forward in life despite yeah. the fact you stay on the farm. And if you're only with someone for five years and you leave in in any way sort of not necessarily amicably, but on moderately good terms and you you have learned some things about yourself and you move forward, like that those five that five year relationship wasn't a waste, you know, like it can still be a really meaningful, beautiful, wonderful thing that happened. It doesn't have to be forever. So basically what you're saying what you're saying is that basically uh, Georgie is uh, Johnny's Helen Hunt from as good as it gets. Is a his only role. No, I know. Wow. It took me a second to actually just say, "It's like, what's he hell in hand?" Is that yeah, this guy is like just completely broken, and he just needs someone that is a vehicle for him, like becoming a better human being. What a uh, random! I said, "Wow," because what a random out of left field reference to pull out as good as it gets. 1997's yep, as good yep, as it gets. Yep, one of the few comedies like, that I saw twice on the cinema. Yep. Honestly. Like, thank yep. you, because I've seen that movie more times than I care to admit. So I'm yep. not, I say this, I say it in awe. Yeah. I stand in awe with the reference. Thank you but for I, that. But, but Chris, I, I feel like you're a little bit cynical because just what because is, the, I, I know the cynical, I, no, it's Brian. It's still a, a super nice thing. Like if a partner comes into your life and teaches you a lot of things and makes you a better person, yeah. and you help them be a better person. That's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm more like from the perspective that I don't come from a Disney upbringing. Is that yeah, they used to watch Disney movies at my place, but I wouldn't be like the ones that, and they were happily ever after. Like you don't know, maybe in three months is that they fucking hate each other, but right now is exactly what they need. And is that like from that perspective, if they are going to be like together or not in five years, it doesn't matter at all. Is that maybe the father is going to be like dead in two years, and he's going to be like selling the uh, the farm, just probably like just putting the. Uh, the mother, because I don't think that is the grandmother. I think that is the mother. It's, no, it's the grandmother. It's the grandmother, yeah. Conversation about how the mother left, and he's yeah. super disturbed. And she's Nan. She's not, or not. I don't, I'm not going to try an accent. Holy but shit. She's Nan. Yeah. So honestly, that father didn't take care of himself, to be completely frank. But uh, at that point, is that probably he would be like just putting the grandmother in a house, selling the farm, and just going to live like a crazy life in London and just burning through all the money that he made. So at that point, it doesn't matter what it happens during this time. We don't know, but in any case, is that we are just giving like this glimpse into his life about this coming of age, this kind of acceptance of the reality that your parents can give. It doesn't matter in five years they're going to be like together or not. I think that it would like yeah. just no, because it, that's the story. Yeah, it's a bit more. Is like he found the person that he needed in the moment that he needed. Right. If he had found and that's it like, like five yeah. years ago, it wouldn't have been important to him because he would be like yeah. just fucking everything around because he'd be like this happy guy, as the girl flame used to say. Yeah. Also, uh, Georgie is fucking gorgeous. He's so like, beautiful. So sweet. He's so beautiful. He's so dreamy. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> So I, I do uh, want to say that I think it's interesting that we can all three of us disagree about where these characters go, what their destiny is. Um, but I think we brought up a very, in, not interesting, a very nice point about the film, about the scale of the story. It doesn't really matter, as you said, Brian, what happens to them fi in five years. Like what we're seeing is this very nice character progression on a tiny scale in like a rural, unpopulated part of the world that I think is super beautiful and I like films that, that examine very small moments not small like a small length in people's lives it's like this it's is that a intimacy exactly it's an intimate film that takes place over what's your guess guys a couple weeks yeah, because the stay from yours was supposed to be like just a week and maybe it was extended like another week because of the stroke that the father had. So it's less than a month, that's for sure. And so in, in the same way that like, sorry for this awful reference, the same way that the Mona Lisa is so beautiful because we captured a snapshot of her, like I don't care what happened to Mona Lisa. I, I seriously don't give a shit, but that moment of beauty is what the director gave us here. And I think this film is is excellent sorry i mean you say that it's like a, a snapshot of something or something that happened wasn't the mona lisa just painted over the span of 16 or 18 years 
So I knew you were going to complain about that. So I just immersive. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't want to be that person because I don't read. I don't read the New York Times. But man, <laughs> at the Van Gogh exhibit, we saw a series of of paintings of Van Gogh, and what he was able to capture in a moment, I think, is what Lee, Lee Daniels. Daniel Lee. No, Francis Lee. Damn. So you think about like Jessica? Abrams go to die. Not Lee Daniels. Yeah, Francis Lee. Not Lee Daniels. That's a very different genre. Yeah. Uh, Francis what this Lee. Director Francis Lee. What he was able to capture in this like small space of time is really, really brilliant. And I think Brian, you're kind of new to the podcast, but Jose and I often comment that when we feel like directors can play with time and our perception and our sense of time, I think is a really like impressive example of the director skill uh should we go over the questions because if it feels like i mean albert we may not agree you know in the long-term outcome of the relationship is like at least we agree that this is a good film so let's just have some closing remarks about the film um I think this is a this is a great film by any measure, not by like an LGBT yeah. uh, standard. I think the acting was great. I think these actors are newcomers, at least to me. They may have had one or two other films. I think the script writing was incredible. I think the bravery of the director, both to show like the very gritty farmyard sex the men had, as well as the like open nudity. <laughs> We laugh, but I just sent you an article yesterday about how Hollywood or filmmakers are willing to show penises now, but they're almost exclusively prosthetics, which were not in this film. I just find it like a very sincere, were they prosthetics? Don't you tell me they were prosthetics. <laughs> no, I'm not. But the article that you sent me, you only highlighted the part about Nymphomaniac that you said is like one of the things that you love the most. I'm sorry for the spoiler, Nymphomaniac volume two is that these two black guys like just flopping their giant dicks next no, to the to the actress and the it's black dicks. it was the white dicks it was all the dicks i loved all of them <laughs> you did but that receipt was like pretty fucking disturbing in any case you sent me that article for selling me is like these are prosthetics so i mean i don't want to give you shit but it feels like i don't know if this a bit more of a courage thing about like just sewing dicks I, I see what you say, but last week you and I had a, a pretty frank discussion about another gay film, which was also nice, but I said I, did, I didn't see anything of my experience being gay here, and then you asked me what about God's Own Country, and I was like, yeah, this is authentic. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I remember asking you, like, were you like a teenager in, uh, in rural England? Yeah. But like, this movie is, at least according to my experience, it's, it's authentic. I will say that I connected with it despite being far from rural England. I connected with the characters. I connected with the story, with the, the sense of loss of the father. This film goes beyond being a gay romance. It, it, it's incredible. It, I don't want to say incredible. I don't want to exaggerate. It's a great film. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, just following up on that, I was just checking the list again of the movies that we recorded about. And the only one that I could find like pretty similar, it was Tom at the Farm. That it was one of the very few, yeah, very few. Which one? Tom at the farm, one of the few LGBT movies that we recorded and uh, we recorded about. And it was it's a Canadian film about like this kid from the city that he was dating this guy, and the guy dies, and then he goes back to the farm that his brother owns with his mother, and he ends up in a very toxic relationship with the extremely homophobic uh brother right quote unquote straight brother yeah it's it's but just again, that film examines all of the boring like oh there's a there's a, a closeted gay man who's violent in sex with men and yeah they yeah anything about their family who's gay yeah but is it he's actually violent all the traumas that he has is because he's gay so i found this movie i still find that is refreshing it's like it just made me thought when I watched it the first time. Is that is there a wall where being gay in a rural area that that's not the highlight of your life? You know, that is not what you're going to be like thinking about. Like, is people going to be like hating me about like that? The defining characteristic. You're always worried. exactly. How are people, yeah. Yeah, it felt like it's most of the gay cinema 
that I watch is a being gay is the core to it. In this one is is not. It just happens to be that. They say faggot a couple of times, but it's true that they actually play with the social kind of connotation. Yeah, like honestly, they're the fact that they're two men plays almost nothing into the plot or their romance really it you could flop you could pardon me you could you could swap either one of them out for a woman and yeah, change exactly nothing played yep. nothing like it yep. was just people uncomfortable with who they are and the, the future they've been assigned no and like no, i said no. like the parents and the, the the dad and the grandmother like they like learn it and they're just like all right yeah it's not an issue who gives a fuck yeah, I don't think that it's about like uncomfortable with who they are. Like, I You're think right. that is, I think that is uncomfortable with the cars that they are given, and they are yeah. like out of their control. Exactly. Yeah, this, yeah. That, that's that's the differentiation that is like even when I watch it this time is that this is this is fucking bold. Is that most of the time is that we are like so concerned about like what society is going to be like thinking about like what is right and what is wrong. That is right. that we're going to be like thinking about like oh we're going to be disappointed in society so we actually should feel about ourselves and it should be an overcome of what society thinks of ourselves but we can still succeed. It's like no this is not about like what society thinks. This is a bit more about like hey I wanted to go to drama school and my father because of the stroke that he had is I had to I had to stay here. And I find like that's super ballsy. It's pretty minimal, yeah. but it's a like, super ballsy. And it's also interesting that Johnny is the train wreck of the two, we think. But it's Johnny that begs Georgie to move into the farmhouse. And Georgie's like, shouldn't we wait until your parents are in bed? Oh, I'm going to stay in the caravan. It's it's the other guy that wouldn't commit, which just under, uh, underlines your like opinion that, yeah, there's nothing about this that is like primarily framed around the homosexuality it could be a man it could be a woman it's just about people that are uncomfortable with the future that's assigned to them and uncomfortable with the obligations they feel that's it yeah, yeah. so brian uh we tend to end the podcast with six questions okay uh, and then we score it on a scale of one to ten usually we limit it to half points but if there's a particularly contentious movie you can do quarter points um, so first question, would you watch this film again? Yes. Jose? Uh, yeah, definitely yes. Definitely yes. And it doesn't have to be like with someone else. Sometimes I always put the caveat that is like, I watch it enough. I want to show it to someone else. Is like, no, this is a movie that I watch by myself. And I think this was my fourth viewing. Jose, you've seen it multiple times. Brian, is it your first viewing this time? Uh, yeah, actually it was. Oh, all right. So would you recommend it is the next question. Yeah. I would absolutely recommend it. Brian, yeah. you say yes? Yeah. Uh, and the way Jose usually answers this is if he would recommend it to his parents. So I'm super curious to see how his parents I, I wonder if there would be a, what did they say? How do they call these versions in the States about like the ones that they remove all the R-rated content? the censored versions yeah like a censored version you know like a clean up version like with songs that is like okay we are sort of going to be like just putting a bleep or just changing one word for another you know i if they could actually just hide this and this okay there is some kind of implication that they are having some kind of intimacy but we don't need to see like the flashy dicks is that the camera just moves a bit is that they're like just doing like a how do you say like a zoom on those things that oh yeah there is not a dick but you can see that they are like just naked is that I think they, they could be fine with this movie. I think that they could actually just... They could normalize homosexuality a bit thanks to this movie. So, so yeah, answer, I would recommend it. You would probably recommend it to your parents. Even you to my parents. parents. And to everyone else, yes. All right. Um, next question. Will you remember it? And Brian, basically, we're like, in six months, are we going to remember the basic plot points? Or is this just going to fade into... A forgettable film that you know maybe you enjoyed but you don't remember i feel like i'll remember it yeah yeah i would say so i will absolutely remember this uh, th there are details i will forget but the overall story it it's very simple and impactful so yes yeah 
Yeah. yeah, for me, it's, I would remember it. I, I actually, when I started watching it, I couldn't remember what was the reason why he had his self-loathe. But immediately, like the first time that they mentioned it at the uh, outside of the pub, he said, oh, yeah, that was it. Going to I couldn't remember why Georgie got super upset and left. That was the one big thing. Oh, yeah, I like, remember that. I remember yeah. that. Like, the sex in the restroom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm going to remember this. Is there anything artistic about the film? Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I, I tend to be like a bit cheap when answering this, and it's not about the digs, I'm sorry, but I think about like the. I like the photography that is like partially functional, but at the same time, I love the outdoor shots that they do when they are on the field. And I bet they actually look at the camera and they say, like, this is gorgeous. Is it? Yeah, it is, but you actually portray that kind of beauty about like if you work in the field, you say it's gorgeous and at the same time it can be just a sustain. And I, I did enjoy the very like animalistic sex, and I don't mean that from like a like not you're not gonna get aroused, but it was like super realistic sex that I could believe, which I thought was really beautiful because we rarely see that between two men. And also there are these very nice little touches, like the the tones of the of the the shots are super cold and blue until Georgie shows up and then there's this very very sh subtle switch to like warm tones and like things get light there are these very nice subtle touches throughout the film that I think this is a talented director so Brian is there anything artistic about about the direction let's be specific well let's say about the script the acting the direction yeah, I, definitely. Uh, it's clearly a very personal story, um, even if uh, it takes different turns than what it seems like the writer's life actually did. Uh, it's clearly, like I said, very personal. Uh, it's beautifully shot. Like, you yeah, mean you absolutely. you you can't shoot out there and like have it look bad. <laughs> and if you do, you know your movie's not getting wide release on Hulu for sure. <laughs> um. So the next question is, is this a timeless piece? And what we mean by that is there are movies that are like timely. So they're super popular in the moment, but they don't stand the test of time. And there are, there are films that, you know, stand the test of time. So Brian, would you say this is a timely piece or a timeless piece? That's a good question. Cause I think that one of the things that I thought about when I was watching the movie, it was a very much like an English Brokeback Mountain. And I feel like uh, whatever your opinion on that movie is, uh, this is very much in its shadow in certain ways. And so I feel like it's not timeless in the sense that like 20 years from now, people will probably still be talking about Brokeback Mountain and not this other lesser known, no less beautiful, no less poignant, but unfortunately also not influential enough to break out of that shadow. That's a super interesting answer to this question because I think you're right. In 20 years, people will be talking about Brokeback Mountain and not this film. But I would argue that Brokeback Mountain is a little bit timely yep. because it deals with closeted cowboys. Whereas this film, the homosexuality, dealing with our homosexuality is a thing of the past. So I think the the subjects and the themes explored, this is more about like accepting predestination or rejecting it and finding a way to be happy. So I, I totally get what you say. Uh, so I'm guessing your answer is technically no. Mine is yes. Jose, be the mine. Mine is definitely yes. I think that the point is like, it may justify the existence or how people may, in a reductionist perspective, look at this movie. But at the same time, I think that it actually just putting like one versus the other. Broba Monte tells a story that is not even like a, how do you say, like current. I think that it's actually like just set up in the 80s, was it? I think it ends in the 80s, yeah. It ends in the 80s. So it's like it's a bit more like in the past. Is that this a movie that is a bit more like forward looking? That is like when I watched it the first time, like four years ago when it came out, I felt it's like, wow, okay, is that. I could never believe that no one is going to be like calling them out for being gay. And I think that it's a bit more of a 
is a bit more of in a post-sexual orientation world that I want to think, albeit, you know, like the last four it's years of politics, of you know? Yeah. Yeah, that is, I think that this hopefully is going to be a bit more of a an aspect more than anything like the quiz of the movie and Robert Monte being gay is the quiz of the movie and it's going to be like representing something that is a bit more like inspiration database so for me that is timeless I mean I think that it I think that in England um, it would have much more of an impact than perhaps in America uh, I could see people who grew up very in ways very similar to this in that country relating to it in a way that Brokeback Mountain and its sort of rural, rural America speaks to people who grew up there. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I think the films will have a more impactful like um, impact uh, in specific geographical places, 100%. Yeah. But I would argue that while Brokeback Mountain can't like travel to China or Singapore or let's say North Africa, this film I feel like it has that that ability because it's kind of it's talking about these larger than life issues about growing up and growing older. That being said, I completely agree with the fact you said in 20 years I doubt anyone's going to be talking about God's own country except people like us. But Whereas we're Brokeback we're not talking about like if it's timely from a popularity perspective. We're talking about exactly. like if it's timely yeah. from the topics that they actually talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Lost Boy, Lost Boy is completely timely, but there is still like just people talking about that movie for some weird reason. Yeah, but I think Brian was answering like instead of timeless or timely, he. I think you heard the question is like what film is going to be talked about in 25, 35 years? Yeah, Brokeback Mountain is going to stand out. I personally think the themes of God's own country are more important and, and stand the test yeah. of time. So it's just yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. how we were answering. Yeah. And yeah. But in any case, you actually Brian, you actually bring up like something that I may want to add sometimes to our list of questions. That is like if this movie could have been recorded in a different place of the world. If this movie is like geographically locked into where it took place. So sorry, just so I understand, are you saying like if this, if this exact script were filmed in like Idaho Tunisia or Idaho or uh, like rural Australia, would it be the same? Would it have the same impact? Is that what yeah. you're asking? Yeah. I think it could still work in a small American town as opposed to a small English town. Could you believe it? I mean, both of you guys come from rural America. I come from. I don't know, like middle-sized city in Spain. But is that you guys come from rural America. Would you believe, if you were to say, you know, to see this setting in Idaho or Illinois, would you believe this story? I would say the only thing that's not believable about it is that nobody reacted neg negatively to the homosexuality. In rural Idaho, the Mormons, the, the conservatives, they would they may have been like outwardly accepting but they would not have been like the characters in this film outside of that yes growing up being super angsty and like like angry about your predestination that you don't want and then finding somebody who you didn't expect that you wanted to find and then changing you into be a better person all of that yes Yeah, I would agree. It would feel less... It would feel a lot more unlikely in Idaho that the parents would... Just, and the parents and the grandparents would kind of shrug off the homosexuality. Yep. So our last question... Wait, did I ask? Would we turn it into a TV show? I would absolutely not. No. The, no. the magic of this film is the tiny slice of time don't show me more than this. I'm going to get bored with the characters. Exactly, yeah. Don't you think that you'll be... I'm not saying that I would turn it into a TV show, but would you, you be interested in more content about both of them? I don't know, like yeah. in X-Hamster or something like that? Because I think then we would have looking. 
and those characters are so boring don't tell me anything else more about them but these characters were not only tolerable but were compelling and imagine right. trying to make johnny compelling for like 24 30 minute episodes no 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 his only role was about like just to be angry in this movie yeah. it was not about like yeah he would have been be... he would have been intolerable over the course of two seasons so that's a no from me, a no from Brian and Jose. It's unclear. No. Are you playing no, devil's no. advocate? I was just playing. Uh, no, no, I was just playing devil's advocate, and I was trying to joke about like there is other content that you could do with these two guys, that is not actually a TV show. That's fair. So last question before we rate: Do you think this movie could have been better? I don't think so. I, I'll start. I'm going to say no, because this is a, a touching story that was beautifully crafted. It's beautiful filmmaking. I, do, I couldn't name a specific thing where I could say they shouldn't have done this or they should have done this to make it better. I I think that I have, I don't know, like regretting Johnny's character a tiny bit. Is that there are like so many times that he's just so angsty that he feels... I don't know, like a vehicle, you know, like a tool for a higher purpose instead of a human being. Where Georgie feels a bit more of a human being, and then when he actually says that he's like, hey, I'm going to be like running the farm and I'm going to be like running it in my own terms, he's like, where does this come from? Because basically he was like just rolling, rolling his eyes and just getting drunk most of the time instead of trying to be an adult. So your answer is yes. My answer is yes, but it's a tiny bit yes. It's like still the impact doesn't get affected by this. The impact and Brian, is there anything about this movie that you you think, with your knowledge, you would say yes? This would have been a better movie if they had done this. Um, I kind of I I do agree that uh, the characterization uh, was was a little. Uh, I, in order to make it better, you could make you could have made him more likable, but at the same time, it's not as though every main character and every love story is inherently likable. Like you don't have to be likable to be the lead. Um, but I I just for whatever reason I liked it a lot. I gave it on Letterboxd. I gave it four stars. I didn't love it. I didn't super super connect with it. I didn't super identify with it. But it's a really beautifully told story really well done really well acted um george so you would really say hot. yes there, there are some <laughs> george is hot we'll never stop He's mentioning gorgeous. that I know. So i'm just gonna would, keep saying it there is something that there are some things you feel could have improved this film right i feel like i want to say yes but then I, I i look back on it and i'm like i can't necessarily name what any one of them might have been podcast is Gabriel's go to dive bars we make snap decisions that's our thing and then we yeah. stand by the yeah, I never, yeah it could have been better hard. it could have been better Georgie could have okay. been fucking a guy named Brian <laughs> well are you talking about like Johnny could have fucked like Brian or would it be like just Brian having sex with Georgie? it just would have been I mean it would have made it easier for me to identify oh okay okay <laughs> I don't okay. know I don't know I was being a gay bro I don't know <laughs> and you did it very well. Well done. So we're 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 at the point where we should score it. Yep. So Brian, we score one to ten. Five is a perfectly mediocre film. So think whatever, like the last time you went to a theater, you walked out and you're like, meh. And then think about scoring ten is perfect. So ten is La Ventura by Antonioni. <laughs> uh, That's for you. Um, for me, that's yeah. a 10. Well, yeah, the for... perfectly mediocre movie, I, um, I don't know if either of you watched uh, Mortal Kombat. I thought it was perfectly mediocre. The new one? Yeah. God. Oh, I talked okay. to you about it. I remember we were yeah, you about did. anything. Yeah. Um, and as I said, okay, it's the so, best. So, so if, if Mortal Kombat is a perfect five for you, where so, do like you score Dog's Own Country on a scale of This one is what, like, before I even was saying that, you were asking on a scale of uh, one to ten. Like I said, I gave it a four. I gave it four stars on uh, Letterboxd. And if Letterboxd I'm doubling out of ten, no, 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 it's not. A, it's out of five. Oh, okay. So what I was gonna say was that. So out of ten, I would say probably an eight. All right, an eight. Jose, oh. this is your pick, so I think have I have to score. Yep. I'm going to give this an 8.5. I, I was really impressed by this film. 
and impressed for the like third or fourth time in a row every time that i go to watch this film i'm like uh do i really want to watch it again and i'm like yeah like this is a this is a good film yep and it's funny because my score is also an 8.5 i was debating between an 8 and 8.5 but it's like as we said at the beginning it's the kind i'm so partially tired that all gay films are about like homophobia or about you know like other aspects related to because you are gay that i really love that this film is is not about because you're gay it's a bit more it's your life and you happen to be gay that is how i think that we look at our lives if it's more authentic than anything else that was i completely agree i again i'm gonna stop praising this film i liked it a lot i'm super happy brian that you liked it as much as we did jose we're gonna talk about this film again in six months you know um and what are we watching next jose <laughs> so as this was a bit and i should have mentioned this at the beginning there was a bit more of an interlude in our regular schedule so we delayed what was going to be our next film that is actually thomas Winterberg, uh another round as we won best foreign film at the yep. oscars yep. which uh brian covered on his podcast why don't you give it one more plug tell our listeners your podcast what they can hear and where where can they find it where yeah so i found it on spotify but i think you can find it many places we definitely are on spotify i want to clarify we didn't just we didn't cover another round as a film it was covered in our oscar episode my friend max saw it so i don't i haven't seen it but I'm excited to watch it. I'll be watching it in the next couple of weeks. Sorry um, if I missed that. I wanted to promote the the episode that you did where you covered the Oscars, which I thought was great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, that was a fun episode uh, to do. Uh, yeah. Once again, uh, we're a piece of pie pod. You can find us. I'm sorry. You can find us at a piece of pie pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. Uh, we're on anywhere you get your 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 podcast. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining us today. Oh, of course. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. This was this was a lot of fun. We look forward <laughs> to having you back anytime. Yeah. And uh, to that dosing of listeners, Blake, what do we tell them now? You still need to wash your hands, even if you're vaccinated. Wash yeah. your hands. Yeah, especially if you go to the restroom. Come on, don't be a pig. <laughs> even if it's an naughty pig. All right, bye.